What are you trying to say? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Okay. Welcome to Cliff Notes Continued, where we improvise the stories authors are too lazy to write. I'm Lucas Larson. And I am Anania George. Oh, that. Oh, no, okay. I think that's cool. it. I think that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's our intro. <laughs> okay. That's our intro. <laughs> Welcome. Haha. <laughs> I, I beat I beat you. I beat you to it again. Haha. <laughs> okay. So yeah, welcome to episode five. And um the book pick for this episode, I picked Lord of the Flies, where oh. Andy's gonna start off our cliff notes. Okay, 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 let's go, let's go. <clears throat> Lord of the Flies explores the dark side of humanity why do you keep picking books that i want to read <laughs> you haven't read one of the flies i have not no 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 uh explores the dark side of humanity the savagery that underlie underlies even the most civilized human beings william golding <laughs> the savagery that underlies the most civilized human beings you'll see it in display today my friends william yeah. golding intended this novel as a tragic parody of children's adventure tales, illustrating humankind's intrinsic evil nature. He presents the reader with a chronology of events leading a group of young boys from hope to disaster as they attempt to survive their uncivilized, unsupervised, isolated environment until rescued. Okay. And In... Oh, go on. In the midst of a nuclear war, a group of British boys find themselves stranded without adult supervision on a tropical island. The group is roughly divided into little ones, uh, boys under the age of six, and big ones who are between the ages of 10 and 12. Initially, the boys attempt to form a culture similar to the one they left behind. They elect a leader, Ralph, who, with the advice and support of Piggy, uh, the intellectual of the group, strives to establish rules for housing and sanitation. Ralph also makes a signal fire, the group's first priority, hoping that a passing ship will see the smoke signal and rescue them. Major challenge to Ralph's leadership is Jack who also wants to lead. Jack commands a group of choir boys turned hunters who sacrifice the duty of tending the fire so that they can participate in the hunts. Jack draws the other boys slowly away from Ralph's influence because of their natural attraction to the to an inclination towards the adventurous hunting activities symbolizing violence and evil. So I've got Little ones, big ones, Ralph, Piggy, Zach, and some choir boys. Cool, cool. I, I don't have little ones. Uh, let me write those down. <clears throat> got it. Yeah, I, I got them too. Okay, hold on. The conflict between Jack and Ralph and the forces of savagery and civilization that they represent is exacerbated by the boys' literal fear of a mythical beast roaming the island. One night, an aerial battle occurs above the island. Dude, I really hope there's somebody in post, uh, like putting in a sound of, of gunshots. 
when we say, you know, aerial battle. I think I think your noise is there are our post. What? You gotta make the gun noises right now. That's the post. I really hope that I really hope that's like edited in. Do we edit this? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Andy doesn't know. He doesn't listen. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. <laughs> and excuse me, sir. Yeah. Ananya. <laughs> That's my public name now. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a casualty of the battle floats down with his open parachute, ultimately coming to a rest on the mountaintop. Breezes occasionally inflate the parachute, making the body appear to sit up and then sink forward again. Wait, hold on. Uh, ultimately, breezes occasionally... What body? From the battle, from the, your gun noises. You killed someone. Oh, make it... <laughs> okay, got it. The sight panics the boys as they mistake the dead body for the beast they fear. In a reaction to this panic, Jack forms a splinter group that is eventually joined by all but a few of the boys. The boys who <laughs> the boys the boys <laughs> who join Jack are enticed by the the protection Jack's ferocity seems to provide, as well as the prospect of playing the role of savages, putting on camouflaging face paint, hunting, and performing ritualistic tribal dances. Eventually, Jack's group actually slaughters a sow, and as an offering to the beast. Puts the sow's head on a stick. What's a sow? I think a pig. <laughs> oh. I, I'm going with pig, like wild pig. Got it. Yeah. Of all the boys, only the mystic. Okay, hell yeah. Some witchcraft. Only the mystic, Simon has the courage to discover the true identity of the beast sighted on the mountain. After witnessing the death of the sow and the gift made of her head to the beast, Simon begins to hallucinate, and the stake sow's head becomes the lord of the flies, imparting to Simon what he has already suspected. The beast is not an animal on the loose, but is hidden in each boy's psyche. Weakened by his horrific vision, Simon loses consciousness. Simon's my favorite character right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, finally, it's starting to get interesting. <laughs> yeah, right? No, it's funny. They started creating, like, a like an actual society, and now they ended up with, like, a very religious, um, you know, myth- mystical sort of leaning society. Interesting. Recovering later that evening... Oh, wait. Hold on. Does that mean that the author thinks, like, religion bad? That's interesting. Recovering later that evening, he struggles to the mountaintop and finds that the beast is only a dead pilot slash soldier. Attempting to bring the news to the other boys, he stumbles into the tribal frenzy of their dance. Perceiving him as the beast, the boys beat him to death. Oh, Simon? They kill Simon? (laughs) Your favorite character is now dead. Bro, come on! What is this, J.R.R. Tolkien? (laughs) Soon, only three of the older boys, including Piggy, are still in Ralph's camp. Jack's group steals Piggy's glasses to start its cooking fires, leaving Ralph unable to maintain his signal fire. 
I'm really just picturing Piggy as Millhouse and Ralph as Ralph. <laughs> mm. When Ralph and his group That's uh, called potent commentary. I'm so sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, very potent. <laughs> when Ralph and his small group approach Jack's tribe to request the return of the glasses, one of Jack's hunters releases a huge boulder on Piggy, killing him. Ooh. The tribe captures the other two bigums prisoners, leaving Ralph on his own. Okay. Okay, the tribe undertakes a manhunt to track down and kill Ralph, and they start a fire to smoke him out of one of his hiding places, creating an island-wide forest fire. A passing ship sees the smoke from the fire, and a British naval officer arrives on the beast just in time to save Ralph from certain death at the hands of schoolboys turned savages. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would really have loved to read this, Lucas. This would have been a this would have been a nice afternoon. And here we are. You could still read it. You could see how accurate the cliff notes are. Kanye <laughs> <laughs> okay. will be creating his own podcast called After the Cliff Notes. <laughs> Cliff notes continued, continued. Yeah, the review of the cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, got little ones, big ums, Ralph and Piggy. Piggy's dead. Jack, his choir boys, um, a cell was killed. Mystical Beast was a dead body. What? Simon so was mystic every... and he's dead. <laughs> Hold on. So everybody dies. Except Ralph. Ralph is the only one who survives, but he's on a British naval ship now. And Jack. Yeah, but Jack's still and on Jack the island. And all of his savages. Yeah, uh, but they're still on the island. I'm assuming they would just, like, rescue one small child and leave the rest. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. A passing <laughs> ship sees the smoke from the fire, and a British naval officer arrives on the beach just in time to save Ralph. <laughs> From certain death at the hands of the schoolboys turned savages. My thinking is, British, being British, saw Ralph, who still has like a modicum of like societal uh, normativity in him, and goes, this kid is the only one here, while the rest of them are just plain and simple savages. And so they just let him, left them there thinking that that's where they belong. Okay, well, since uh, since I had the pick of the book, you start the improv, chapter one. <laughs> chapter one, onto the naval ship. <clears throat> the seas were, were calm, much too calm. When the navigator of the ship realizes that they have reached a calm point in the ocean. Seeing this, the captain starts to fear that they may never get back to mainland Britain. Looking up at the stars in the calm sea, we hear the creaking of the mass and over the creaking of the mass and the call of the seagull. (laughs) We hear <laughs> we hear a small boy speak up and he says, Captain, sir, 
Thank you for rescuing me. I can't believe we escaped those savages. Uh, between you and me, little boy, this ain't much of a rescue. The sea, she be calm. Too calm. We might have to start our own society. On this here ship. <laughs> the little boy... <laughs> There's a zoom in on the little boy's face while he immediately has PTSD <laughs> and flashback. Immediately, he looks directly into the camera and goes, Congratulations, folks. It's Lord of the Flies 2, Electric Boogaloo. And then the camera crew immediately falls off the boat because we've had too many cameras in these stories. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think Ralph's the one going through PTSD? No, it's Lucas from last episode. <laughs> yeah. I can see your face right now, and, and you're literally like, thank God we did this. <laughs> <laughs> and Ralph is now in the mess hall, scarfing down biscuits. <clears throat> the uh, shipmate across the table from him is plotting the new society on the ship. So the shipmate is holding on to a little, little condiment, like, um, you know, the salt shaker, the pepper shaker, some ketchup packets, and he's going, okay, so let's see here. This, this salt shaker is the new captain, and that's going to be me because I, I, I want to be the captain. I, I've spent years on the sea, more years than the captain. I belong in that position the captain needs to be overthrown, and I belong in this position. Ralph takes a bite of his crackers, and he sees this guy talking and muttering to himself, and he walks up. Hey, what are you doing? Ah, nothing. Just, <laughs> yeah, just condimenting my food. <laughs> Starts and pours like an inordinate, like two inordinate <laughs> amount of condiments on his food. And then... While Ralph is taken about by the pile of condiments with the semblance of food underneath, he looks at the ship's mate's name tag, and it says, Simon Sr. And... <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> okay, okay, but let's go with it. Simon Sr., got it. <laughs> And Simon Sr. is determined not to be the loser of the savagery, just like his mystical son. <laughs> That's not where I was taking it, but okay, okay, we can go with this. <laughs> Ralph, Ralph, uh, Ralph sees Simon Sr. and he, he has the camera zooms in. <laughs> him again <laughs> and Ralph's like I just saw you fall off the ship what is going on 
<laughs> the second camera crew also trips and falls into this ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and I just see like a crack in tentacle take them down to the depths. <laughs> the captain sees this and goes, huh, the sea is supposed to be calm. But there's a clear beast underneath the sea. The captain now decides to create two factions on the ship. He makes an announcement over the intercom. And he's like, anyone who believes in the beast under the ship go to the front of the ship and anyone who believes the beast is a figment of your imagination go to the back so a line of people come to the front of the ship and another line of people go to the back of the ship while simon senior is just in the middle going the beast is really a manifestation of our inner fear and the captain's like, yeah, you should be in the back. <laughs> Ralph is seeing all of this, and he's going, no, no, this is happening all over again. No. Chapter two. Return to the island. <laughs> <clears throat> Ralph, afraid of what has happened, uh, sneaks out a little paddle lifeboat. Um, and in the middle of the night, while you hear commotion on the ship, we see Ralph uh, paddling away from it as fast as he could on by himself. And somewhere in the distance, maybe there's a fire aboard the ship. And the ship, um, the boiler room has exploded and Simon Sr. is rushing to the last remaining lifeboat where he meets the captain and he throws the captain overboard and the beast takes him with the camera crew. (laughs) (laughs) Another camera crew. There's a third one so far. Yeah. Um, Uh... And so, and so Simon looks at this and goes, huh, so it was not an aspect of my imagination. <laughs> he jumps into the, the second lifeboat and he's paddling right behind uh, Ralph. Uh, Ralph reaches, it, days and nights go by and we suddenly see Ralph uh, asleep on, the bo- on, his, on this little paddle boat, on his life rescue boat. Um, but he's ashore on an island we don't know which but we do know it's an island ralph wakes up groggy and stumbles onto the sand he sees the second lifeboat next to his but there is no simon senior uh ralph Dude, I watched an anime recently, which is exactly like this premise right here. Um, <laughs> um, there was one episode where it's just this premise. Uh, okay, uh, hell yeah. 
That means it's, it's good. Also, good premise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a great <laughs> premise. Uh, Ralph is walking around this island. I'm going to do the same fucking thing they did in the anime. Let's see where we take it. <laughs> Ralph is stumbling across this island looking for food or drinkable water, but he can't find any. And until at a certain point, he just falls face down into the sand. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a sack full of stuff gets thrown right in front of his face. And while he's going in and out of consciousness, contents of the sack start to roll out. The first thing is a coconut with a bloody handprint. I I did... (laughs) Wait, hold on. Are you taking your shipwreck island story that you know of and mixing it in with the shipwrecked island story that I know of? It's just Easter eggs, maybe. I don't know. He he opens his eyes, sees the coconut with that bloody handprint, and he says, Jack? Jack, is that, is that you? And the coconut doesn't say anything because it's a coconut. (laughs) Take that, Tom Hanks. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, Out of nowhere, we hear a disembodied voice being like, no, you fucking pop it. It's a coconut. <laughs> you break it up and you drink it. It's it's water. It has water in it. Drink it. Open it right now. And we see that this disembodied voice is actually Simon Sr. who's holding on to his own bag full of stuff. With a bloody <laughs> hand. <laughs> on the bag? Yeah, Simon Sr.'s hand is all bloody and fucked up. <laughs> Okay, 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 got it, got it, got it. Because Kraken, because Kraken. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. And so Simon Sr. grabs the coconut, and because it has something that resembles a face on it, he tears up while he cracks it open, lifts (laughs) Ralph's head, and forces him to drink the sweet coconut milk. Uh... You call it coconut milk? Yeah. I call yeah, it coconut call water. It? Coconut okay. water. Uh, okay, coconut water. He drinks the coconut's contents. <laughs> he drinks the coconut juice. Uh, <laughs> the, the moist juice of the coconut. Um, and then... Um, then Simon Sr. looks down at Ralph and says, We must avenge Simon. We must get revenge. <laughs> uh, out of nowhere, we see an arrow fly right in between Simon Sr. and Ralph. <laughs> Is that your arrow sound? Yes. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> and and we see the we see like the 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 back part of the arrow covered in like something that looks like a ribbon but it's clearly you know moss it's made of moss and then 
Ralph seems to recognize what this moss looks like, what this moss is. He takes one look at Simon Sr. and he just says, run. Simon Sr. and Ralph, due to the amazing restorative properties of coconut milk. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the sultry juice of the coconut. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ralph gets to his feet. Simon Sr. and Ralph just start sprinting down the sand while the sun is at high noon. <laughs> uh, behind them, running right after them, are a whole bunch of savage little children uh, with spears and bows shooting shooting arrows right over them. Do the sound again. <sighs> Again, one more, one more, one more. Okay. <laughs> as as Simon Senior, as Simon Senior and, and Ralph are running for their lives away from this, uh, out into the clearing, they run into a little forest, and somewhere in the clearing of the forest, Simon uh, Ralph just somehow knows exactly where he is, and he he sees a spe- specific tree which he climbs up on top of, lending a hand to Simon Senior, and and they all sit on a branch. And Simon Sr. begins to ask, what are we doing? As Ralph puts a finger on his mouth and goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> and the sun begins to fall. <laughs> and while oh, they're in the tree and the sun is setting for how long they've been in the tree, they can see in the distance the old burned down island so the savages are expanding the savages are starting to go island to island and soon country to country (laughs) (laughs) they're franchising they've been bought by pizza yeah lord of the the flies meal yeah the the choir boy savages are multiplying at the rate of rabbits (laughs) And the savages are searching low but not high for Mm. the savage senior. As they're searching, uh, all we hear are just sounds of from coming from the savages. Sounds like ooh ooh ah to papudi kapu ta ta and Ralph Ralph looks over at Simon Senior and goes, Oh, that's new. He's like, they have unlearned, unlearned our tongue and now speaks in <laughs> the, the new language. You gotta do it again. Kapu pata padi, the boo papa, padi to do. And then all the, all the savages look at each other and go, nod at the same time. And we see this one savage raise his bow up high. Ralph, oh no, they learned. <laughs> and start shooting upwards. And Simon Sr. and Ralph promptly grab the tree and ride it down like a fireman, Paul. 
like one on each side and they're holding each other's hands. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Like father and son. Yeah. And they hit the ground and the sun set. You can just see the last rays in the distance and have Simon Sr. and Ralph on one side and a group of savages on the other side. While over here, the rustle of the leaves and the tightening on the tightening of fingers on arrows, they pull back and chapter three. (laughs) (gasps) (gasps) Chapter chapter three. a discovery of a lifetime. So, and we go back to the charred island that was the original home of Lord of the Flies. Uh, Jack, who has now, it's only been minutes since Ralph was first uh taken out of uh, uh the island re- rescued jack also mysteriously su- survived after the fires went out and jack is roaming around charred remains of the island it turns out the top soil was burnt off along with all the other huts that they've built of their own two hands as jack is trying to find some resemblance of his previous life he notices a metal layer underneath the soil and he drops to his knees and immediately starts pushing away the dirt as fast as possible and the metal that he can see keeps expanding and expanding and he realizes that it's a tablet with mysterious writing that he cannot read but he's determined to uncover. So as he as he finds this tablet, he shakes it off. There are these little uh, little. Have you seen Night at the Museum? Uh, one of them. <laughs> you know how like that tablet has like these little revolving buttons on them. No. <laughs> okay, so there are these revolving buttons on the tablet. <laughs> That that while Jack shakes, suddenly comes all in one angle, and then the tablet starts glowing, glowing like there's never seen glow before. As the ground beneath him starts to shake, and when the ground starts shaking, we see a little tip at the corner of the island see from out see from outside the underneath of the island, and while it's coming, raising up, 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 we realize. It's the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) They're on planet Earth the entire time. And while Jack cannot believe his eyes and thinks he might be hallucinating, he sees other lights in the night sky and he realizes on each island there 
are other landmarks also raising from this ground. <laughs> Chapter four. Back to Simon Sr. and Ralph on their and, island. The ground is shaking. <laughs> and then where they once stood, the land raises up above. Suddenly, before they know it, they're on the Big Ben. Their island was London the whole time. <laughs> and in the distance, they could see the Eiffel Tower on the other island. It was France the whole time. Right where they saw the ship last, they see another raised... Uh, uh, thing, but it's kind of leaning. It was Italy the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And Simon Sr. and Ralph are on top of Big Bed. They hear Bing Bing, bing. They hear 12. It is now midnight. Uh, and in, in the distance, we see World War I fighter planes uh, flying down and start doing an aerial battle. And in the aerial battle, if you look closely... At their tail numbers for signifying who they are, the red little ums are attacking the big big ums. Oh my god! And it is a fierce dogfight. Ralph looks over at Simon and goes, "I did not know time works differently on each island." They advance to such a point that they now have aerial <laughs> equipment. They now have made planes. And Ralph looks at Simon Sr. And Simon Sr. is like, yeah, it really depends a lot on what island you're on, on what advantages you receive. So I wonder what advantages are on our island. <laughs> As you see a cave in the distance, ominously shining bright light from its interior. Chapter five, Into the Cave. (laughs) Into the Cave. Um, Simon Sr. now has a peg leg for some reason. Uh, (laughs) and, And they're using the wood that they made the peg leg from as fire as they're walking into the cave. And, and, and Simon Senior comments on it. We just used, oh yeah, I just got this torch by breaking off my previously very long peg leg. <laughs> and he's holding, he's holding Ralph to keep him steady on like over the shoulder. And Ralph is like, I can't believe you made a peg leg out of big bed. <laughs> 
and, and then and then Simon Simon goes, yeah. And I turned the clock, uh, and I turned the clock hands into swords. Here, take yours. And he gives him the second hand. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're walking into the cave with log torch, holding like supporting each other, and swords made out of big bed. Big exactly. Yeah. As you would. As you yeah. would in this scenario. Yeah. And the cave is sloped downwards and <laughs> Simon Senior <laughs> starts to hear uh a voice that just says Papa. And Ralph goes, don't listen to it, Simon Sr. It's the trick of the caves. And Simon Sr. goes, I'm going to try, but this slope downwards doesn't seem very wheelchair accessible. <laughs> doesn't and seem very peg leg accessible. There we go. That's yeah. a better one. <laughs> Not accessible. And the slope continues to get steeper and slip more slippery. And... Soon, Simon Sr. drags Ralph to the ground, and they are sliding down into the darkness, trying to maintain the torch peg leg. And Simon Sr. keeps hearing Papa louder and louder and louder. Have you seen Scooby-Doo 2 Mystery Incorporated? <laughs> Mystery Unleashed? No, but I imagine it's like all Scooby-Doo's. <laughs> Actually, no, it's pretty cool. Um, one of my favorite Scooby-Doo movies. Uh, in in that movie, there's a scene where they ring a doorbell and it opens up into a, like a trap door, which ends in like them going over slides and everything and getting trapped in a big crystal ball. That happens, and they're now <laughs> they're now in a section. They're they're now in a section where Simon Senior and sorry Pegleg Johnny and Ralph. <laughs> So, oh, he now has to do moniker with his peg leg. Sure, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny and and, so, and and Ralph are in a ball, in a crystal ball with like a thumbprint attachment out the outside, and and uh, to his right, to his left, there are other people in little crystal balls. There are some that are just skeletons now. Then there's like a the Girl Scout being like, "Hi, would you like to buy our cookies?" And then there's like a pizza guy on the other ball going, "Man, I just want to deliver pizza in my minimum wage job." And then there's there's like an accountant uh, who's like, "Hi, my name's Lucas Larson." <laughs> and then Ralph turns to Simon Senior or Peg Leg Johnny out as he now likes to be called. <laughs> <laughs> and does the like most typical surprise face ever and is like oh my god i thought london was just big ben but all the interesting stuff is underground <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like real london yeah. uh, <laughs> oh so maybe maybe each island's uh each island's what you call them before the the famous structures um the monuments uh, yeah monuments each island's monument is like a hint at what what that island contains right uh, yes and so in this one it has like a, a it has like a good 
uh, collection of people in a more interesting underground. In the France one, they have catacombs as a difference. Um, but uh, but 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 uh, Ralph goes well. If that's the case, then maybe we can find the king and queen of the islands, and we can be out of here once and for all. So Ralph gets up at the mystical ball, walks to the finger, um, fingerprint reader, and tries his thumb. The ball goes red and makes a big noise. Uh, and then, and then, and then Simon Senior goes, "Hold on, let me channel the spirit of my dead son." He he sits. He, he tries to meditate. Tries to channel the spirit of his dead son. Suddenly, his eyes roll back to the back of his head, and and in a voice that is, sorry, peg like Johnny, and in a voice that is, that is like disembodied and really warped. Suddenly, we hear, "Try the pizza man's grease." Uh. To which the Simon Senior comes back and he goes, "Oh, that's right. Uh, whatever the grease, whatever the last thumbprint scan was that worked on the Pizza Man's box would be activated again through the grease." <laughs> yeah, leaving fingerprints all over the place due to the greasy nature of their employment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So they so they drip the grease onto the fingerprint scanner. And it opens. <laughs> Chapter six. Back to the U.S. with Jack. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack has now. Oh yeah, go on, go on, go on, go on. Jack is now wildly rich and powerful in the U.S. because he's extremely savage. <laughs> he seems to be sitting in a room that is not quite square not quite rectangular not quite circular either in fact it's really an oval <laughs> after seven back to the ship <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ship they've they've all they everybody is dead uh, <laughs> except for the once old captain and a camera crew without a camera. So they're not really a camera crew anymore. They're just a crew. Um, and then you see the crack in tentacles just take them all down to the depths. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and then it, it just made it on top. Oh, I'm so glad we escaped the Kraken. But then the... <laughs> yeah, that just takes it down. <laughs> and you and like a dinghy is like on the background and you just hear the dinghy bell <laughs> <laughs> then chapter chapter eight back in the uk meeting the king and queen um so so the uh the queen uh looks a lot like piggy <laughs> And the king looks a lot like Simon. <laughs> uh, Simon's uh, <laughs> Ralph looks at Piggy and goes, "My love." While Simon looks at Simon and goes, "My love," both in unison. <laughs> but they have very different kinds of love, right? Like one is parental and the other one's not. <laughs> okay. 
And so Simon is looking at Peg Lake Johnny, a.k.a. Simon <laughs> Senior, Simon Sr. <laughs> a.k.a. Parental Love. <laughs> and Simon goes, I was a mystic, but I could have never foretold how this would turn out. <laughs> Do the outro, Andy. Okay. Uh, this is the outro, and I don't know what to say right now, but this is the outro. Please subscribe. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, remember, we're bringing you the stories that the authors don't want you to know. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to make it something memorable for the out. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> now you're overthinking it. You're just gonna be like, outro time. Thank you for listening to the stories. Authors are too lazy to write. That was... The outro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, which part of this is the outro? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. Is this the outro? Is this the ending? Everything is an ending, Andy. All beginnings are endings. We could just play the intro for the outro. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Congratulations, you're now on our next episode. Yeah. We just don't have an outro. Say nice things about us online. And if you don't want to say nice things about us online, uh, then give it to your friends so at least we can boost that engagement. Yeah, share, do things. Hell yeah. Okay. Sweet. Okay, I think we're good for the... (laughs) Oh my god. Thank you for listening to... Episode 5 of Cliff Notes Continued. We'll be back on Tuesday, February 13th with a whole new book and a whole new story.